0: You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Join Sharon as she discusses the human experience of creating and maintaining relationships of all kinds, from friendships to family and everything in between. And now, here's Sharon.
1: Welcome to another episode of Ship Talking, where we invite guests to boldly talk about their relationships of all types. I am your host, Sharon Levine, joined today by co-host Yasha Rao. What's up, Yasha? Hello, Sharon. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Um, Today is a, a special show because we have a guest who I've been excited about for many weeks now. If you have binged the hit Netflix series, Indian Matchmaking, like the rest of the world has, you'll recognize our guest, Indian Matchmaking, if you haven't watched it. It's a Netflix documentary series that follows singles in the United States and India as they go on dates, arranged by Mumbai matchmaker Seema Taparia. It's been called a modern-day take on the age-old tradition of arranged marriage. Manisha Das is a Cary native. She works in public health and was one of the cast members to join Indian matchmaking in hope of finding love. She also has just really impressively been using her platform as a tool to influence social and cultural change. And I'm so excited to have her with us today. Manisha, thank you so much. Hello.
2: Hey, guys, and thank you, Sharon. It's such an honor to be here. I'm really happy and pleased to be doing stuff for our local audience um, for Netflix's Indian Matchmaking.
1: Well, I loved the show. I binged it (laughs) in two days, and when I found out you were local, I knew I had to reach out, and I was so grateful you said yes.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out, and thanks for watching the show.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My first question is how did you get wrapped up in all this? How did you get involved in a Netflix series? How did you do that?
2: Yeah, I kind of put North Carolina on the map, I think. (laughs) There is a line that I say in the show, and it was in the trailer. So people knew right away, um, you know, that uh, there's a North Carolina shout out on the the show. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's actually really funny how I got involved. I um, at the time was single, still am single, but, uh, at the time was single, my cousin saw, um, an Instagram post. Um, and it was just like a casting call, very generic, um, looking for South Asian millennials, looking for love. Um, you know, it had. I think it had an age range on there, but you know, and they wanted to, us to submit um, what they call in the matchmaking world your biodata. And that I, I frequently re- refer to biodata as like a resume looking for love because you typically put your um, you know features on there. Things about, I mean, you can have anything on there really, but usually it's you know your physical attributes as well as sort of hobbies or interests that you have. And essentially, the matchmaker uses that to kind of share with other potential matches. I didn't actually have a bio data when I um, started this Indian matchmaking journey. So my sister, cousin, and I created one. Um, we emailed it to the the show producers. And yeah, I heard back pretty quickly, actually, that they were interested in moving forward with interviews. Oh. Um, yeah. And all of this started in... So it feels like another lifetime ago because of this year and just how crazy it's been with COVID. But um, it started in 2018. So, like fall of twenty eighteen, and they did they did a series of interviews. So they interviewed me first, then they interviewed my parents. Um, I have an older sister, so they interviewed my older sister. Um, oh. Yeah, they were asking her things like, why do you think your sister's single? And she was like, let me list the reasons why. <laughs> so it was great uh, to have your sister, you know, call you out. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they did a number of sort of, I would say, like vetting things to make sure. Um, and then I didn't hear from them for a while. So I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I wasn't casted or maybe they decided to move a different direction. Or I don't know too much about sort of the TV and production world, but I know I've heard like from friends that things get shelved all the time. So I was like, maybe it's just, you know, it's done. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I want to say March 2019, April-ish, they called me and they were like, or the email person, they were like, are you still single? And I was like, yeah, thanks for rubbing it in. I'm still single. (laughs) And they said, well, great, because we can actually, um, you know, we'd like to move forward with you on the show. And I still thought like, okay, this, this process took like whatever, six, seven months to get to. So I was like, okay, we have like six, seven months out. And I said, sure. You know, I'm definitely interested in moving forward. And the next day I got a call saying, can you fly to Austin this weekend? And I was like, what? oh my gosh, like, oh, are you, this is happening. Like, and it just happened so quickly then from there. Like, I was like, yeah, I can fly to Austin this weekend. But they were like, you know, we'd be, like for you to involve your family. And like, so uh, my mom is, of course, my best friend, as you guys saw on the show too. And I was like, all right, my mom's coming with me. So we flew to Austin. We, Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I mean, it's it just, everything happened so quickly. Everything, like once, once it was approved, it was like, that's it.
1: Sounds <laughs> so like cinematic. Like, so.
2: It does. And very like, I would say like, you know, you always hear, like, I'm a very regular person. I like, I work, I, I go, you know, spend time with my family. I hang out with my friends, all of this, of course, pre COVID, right. I would, you know, go out and do things, you know, local things in North Carolina. I'm a fan of, I'd like to travel. So like when you, When this happens, like I still sometimes like do a double take and I'm like, is this really my life right now? Like, is this really happening to me or people? And it the the fame too, that the show got it almost like, I mean, I think you, you, you you're right when you were kind of introducing it. Like it took the world by storm. Like it just became this overnight. I feel like everybody suddenly knew who I was and it's like a little bit overwhelming at times but yeah for the most part i think <laughs> yeah for the most part it's a privilege like just to have that kind of um space and and recognize you know that people um people a lot of people identified with the show and and really liked it so
1: and you mentioned before in past interviews that before the show you had kind of tried everything and anything when it came mm-hmm. to dating for so like the apps being set up like approaching people how did you feel about the idea of being set up by a matchmaker
2: Yeah, I was, I was super optimistic. So, um, I remember early on, like I was doing one of the screening calls with the producers and I was like trying to get, you know, a better idea, like what the, what the future would hold for the show. So I was like, Oh, so like my net, my wedding would be aired on Netflix. Like, and she was like, yeah like if you guys potentially matched and you got married so I was super optimistic about it I think and still am I think I mean in the future maybe I will consider working with a matchmaker but I think for the most part like I would say I was just so open to something that I had never done before because I'm a big believer in like try everything once and just you know you never know like what could come out of it this could be the one way to meet your match um so yeah I kind of just um I was yeah I was really open to see what what the future held with using a matchmaker
1: and did you see your match at all before you flew down to Austin?
2: No, no, I no. didn't. Yes.
1: It was at, all I knew about him
2: was that he lived in Austin. I knew I hadn't, I think they told me, like, they, they purposely don't tell you that much, right? Because they want you to, you know, it's the TV show, right? So they wanted you. I mean, even though it was totally based in reality and, and there were, like, aspects of it that were extremely real, especially, like, I I didn't know any. Like, the, when I walked into his living room, that's the first time I saw him.
1: Really?
0: So,
2: yeah. Well, actually, so I take that back. That's the first time I saw him in person. But, like, the night before, um, Seema, my mom, and I, um, like, went out for coffee and she gave me his bio data that night. So I, I, didn't, I flew to Austin completely blind and then like I got his bio data. So I'd just seen like one picture of him um, and then like read a little bit about him. But yeah, that walking through his living was the first interaction that he and I had ever had. So that's
1: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Manisha, we have to take a pause right there. Yeah. But we'll be back with you in just a few minutes and we have a lot, lot more questions to throw your way. Yeah, Thank sure you thing. so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon.
1: Welcome back to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. I am your host, Sharon Levine, and we have been joined by Manisha Das, who is a cast member from Indian Matchmaking, the hit Netflix series. She has been chatting with us about her experiences. Um, I'm also here with co-host Yasha. What's up, Yasha? Hello. Yasha, you had a question for Manisha, I know. Go for it.
2: Yes. So Manisha, the show elicits some varied reactions. Um, Some say it's an amusing depiction of the matchmaking process. Um, Others have more strongly criticized it for portraying some harmful stereotypes
1: Mm -hmm. and the often transactional nature of searching for a life partner. What are your feelings on how the show was received in the U.S. and in India,
2: as well as within and outside of the Indian communities. Yeah, I think um, I think you hit the nail on the head, Yasha. It definitely had varied reactions, and it was certainly a spectrum of reactions: um, binge-worthy, cringe-worthy, problematic. I mean, these are all shows that we heard, uh, or descriptions of the shows that we um, we heard um, as cast members. I think for me, my my perception was um, it presented sort of the reality as it is. So, like. I uh, have family in India and uh, many of them after they saw the show said, well, you know, every family has like a C-Montee or every family has someone like Akshay's mom in their family. So we all were very familiar with it and it kind of resonated with everybody across the board. Um, The one thing I'll say that I was not expecting personally was the amount of people who were non-Indian who had very um, sort of similar reactions to how difficult it is to find love. Um, I think simply because like just relationships are complicated, love is complicated COVID has made those things that much more complicated. Um, but I think that's like the number one takeaway for me was that people resonated with the show on sort of a multitude of um, levels and whether that was... I'm Indian, so I resonate with what it's like to have a Monty in your family, or I resonate what it's like to have pressure, just societal pressure to get married. Or even like, you know, one of the cast members on the show, um, Rupam, was, you know, Almost ostracized because she was a single mom, and I think as um, just someone who's a South Asian female, I've seen that in my own community um, very often. Where you know a male, if you know, we have an Indian male, say for example, who is the same story as her. It's like, oh, you know, his wife must have done something wrong, or you know, there's just there's just these different standards that we're held to as women, um, and that I think is even something that exists outside the South Asian world as well. But definitely, it's it's you know. Um, more so, I guess, prevalent in, um, in in South Asian culture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I noted in one of your interviews that you had no idea what you were in store for when you started the show and that it's really been a journey in a whirlwind and you learned about a lot about yourself. Yeah. So what are some of the
2: things you've learned? Yeah, definitely. I think so when I first went on the show, um, as I mentioned sort of earlier too, I was very like optimistic, like, oh, this is going to turn into a marriage. And, you know, even um, when they told me like I was meeting, you know, the match was in in Austin, you know, and I re- read his bio data. I was like, okay, this is potentially could potentially be somebody that I'm, you know, spending the rest of my life with, my life partner. And I think I put so much pressure on myself to find, um, that life partner for a multitude of reasons, like my age, which was also highlighted on the show. um, You know, I just this pressure to like, Oh, I have to get married by a certain age. And I think one thing that I've sort of uh, the show has revealed to me that it's while it's important to get married, I really think it's important to marry the right person. I've said this many, many times, and I'll say it again here. Like, Vyassar's a great guy. He's one of my favorite people. I love talking to him. We still talk. We actually did a panel discussion for an event at work at my my, um, organization earlier this week. Um, We have a great rapport. We have a great um, just connection with one another. And he's a great guy. But he's just not my guy. And that, you know, I think before I went on Indian Matchmaking, I was so... um, just adamant about getting married and finding, you know, um, a partner. And now I'm like, no, I want the right partner because I think the show really pushed me to kind of understand and ask questions as you saw on the, on the show as well. Like between Vyasar and I, when we were having conversations, those are conversations that I like never have asked a partner. And like, those are really important things I think to establish. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I feel like when you're dating in a, in a normal circumstance world, right. You just like, if you ask the questions too soon, then like, might scare the guy away or vice versa, right? You're like, Oh my God, why is this creep asking me like all these questions? Right. But I feel like when you're, when you're, we kind of did things in reverse on our first encounter with one another, I met his whole family. He met my mom. Like that's not typically what you would do on a first date with somebody. Right. So I think because the standard was like already there it was easier to have the conversations like that you have probably sometimes people say like they don't even have those conversations till after they get married with somebody um and then they're like oh yeah how do you want to raise your children or things like that so I feel like the show kind of gave us that opportunity to really know like this these are some of my like non-negotiable you know things that I'm not willing to compromise on
1: well I'm so happy to hear y'all are still friends because I thought I was like, really for y'all. I think probably everyone that you talked to was because y'all are both just like so sweet. Um, so yeah. I hear that. And it's also interesting because you would think, or I guess I would think that there would be some kind of performative nature when you're dating on camera. Like I could imagine feeling pressured to, to have all these kind of big, serious life conversations, but it sounds, or just because yeah. you're on reality TV, it sounds like you went into this very authentically
2: yeah both of us I think were like true versions of ourselves, and I feel like we both kind of yes, there were cameras in tow, and like we that was obviously very awkward at first, but once we like got over those initial jitters, I feel like we kind of just went into it being like the best version and the truest version of ourselves um Which is also, I think, different than um, maybe how some people choose to date, right? So I feel like when we're in the dating world, sometimes we wear these masks, and we're like, "I'm going to unravel this self of, you know, this part of myself at a later date, right?" Like we all just, you know, we have it all together, and I, you know, like, and then I think as you get more and more comfortable with the person, you start to take off those masks. Um, Vassar and I like instantly felt comfortable with each other, and I think. That's one thing that maybe because the cameras were there, we felt like we had to be like truly who we were. And the, the production team, I would say too, like they made it very easy. Like, yes, they were obviously filming, but they never said like, oh, um, this is what we want you guys to say. Or they never said like, you know, I, I've never filmed. I've never been on t- television before this. Um, there was never like two takes or anything like that. It was just one, one take, we're going to record and we'll, we'll get, you know, we would just want you guys to have a conversation pretend like we're not here. So,
1: Do you feel like you had any pressure on yourself to like,
2: make it work? Yeah. I feel like, I mean, if there was, it was more from me, not from the the show or the production team or anything like that. In fact, they would frequently say, so after um, Yasser and I went on our date in Austin, we spent like that, we actually filmed for like almost 12 hours um, that Saturday. And then I flew back to North Carolina the next morning. So I had like, it was like a whirlwind trip. The whole experience is still like, I'm like, when did this even happen? Right. And um, I flew back and then, uh, you know, we started dating long distance. Um, and so that, um, you know, we we involved the show production team um, along the way. So they knew like ahead of time, like if we had set up a Skype call or if we had... Um, set up time to talk to one another, and they would frequently call and just check in afterwards and say, "How how'd it go? You know, like what are how are you leaning? What are you feeling?" And they would always say to both of us, "There's no pressure. This is your life, like a decision about your life, and we want to make sure that you're doing this for the right reasons. Like, there's absolutely no pressure to go one way or the other. And I think <laughs> if there was, and if there was any doubt." I don't think all of us from the show, except for one person, would be single still. Like every single one of us is single, um, except for the person that found her match on Bumble. So who knows? (laughs) I'm so happy
1: to hear that the producers were nice to you because some horror reality TV. (laughs) stuff. We're going to have to take a pause right there. But thank you, Nishan. We'll be right back in a couple minutes to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. Thanks for listening.
0: You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship
1: Talking on 97.9 The Hill. I am your host, Sharon, joined by co-host Yasha, joined by Manisha Das, who has been chatting with us about her experiences as a cast member on Indian matchmaking. Um, Manisha, I saw that you have now been profiled on on tons of sites, including Forbes India. Um, I've also heard that you've done lots of interviews, just like lots of podcasts. You're everywhere right now. <laughs> and so I'm interested in what your experiences have looked like following the show and some of the organizations that I know you've been involved with, because I know you are also... Um, a local activist. So I'd love to hear kind of what you've been doing since.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just say again. I think everything, um, kind of like how this this experience started, it was sort of been a whirlwind. Um, when the show came out, I anticipated I would make my parents and my sister and like a group of my friends get on like a Netflix party and watch it and. Um, did not anticipate that people from all over the world would be binging this television show. I don't know if we have COVID to thank for that or just the fact that people want to know what goes on like in relationships. And, um, but yeah, I, did, I just didn't, I mean, I expected the South Asian community to tune in just given the title of the show. Mm-hmm. I did not expect um, the, you know, just the magnitude of the popularity that the show has gained. Um, and like, it's been what now almost, four or five months and people are still talking about it. So it's really, I think, like, just to be a part of something and, again, have a voice, I am, I consider myself extremely privileged. Um, I've gotten involved in a number of things. As you mentioned, um, I'm pretty active and, and even was before the show. That was, like, one of my um, passions is, um, you know, getting involved with politics. Um, I was a volunteer with the Hillary campaign. So um, the results of the 2016 election were pretty devastating, um, for me, uh, just personally, because I had, you know, volunteered and just given so much to it. Um, and so, um, shortly after the show actually released, I want to say the first week of August, um, I got a phone call from one of my mom's friends, um, who had watched the show and said that, um, you know, her son was involved with South Asians for Biden, and they were asking if anybody you know, wanted to get involved from the state of North Carolina. She said, I think you can really use your voice in a positive um, way. So uh, for the last few uh, weeks and months, I've been working as the South Asians for Biden, North Carolina state um, co-director. Um, so just mobilizing, galvanizing. Um, I manage a team of about 250 volunteers. Um, and we've been working tirelessly to turn North Carolina blue, um, And just, I mean, South Asians as a whole, um, you know, I feel like we don't, and Yasha, you can probably attest to this, we don't talk about politics enough. um, But we're a really big um, population of voters, especially like the area that I live in in North Carolina, you know, we're one of the biggest um, minority voters. And for whatever reason, we just don't talk about politics. We don't show up to the polls. So it's been an uphill battle, I would say, to um, have a lot of these conversations that tend to be sort of uncomfortable ones, but um, nonetheless, very necessary because these. Politics affect us, as we've seen these last four years. Um, the policies affect us, um, so we're definitely, you know, trying to um, just work out ways that we can just stay more active and have our voices represented. The summer too brought to light a lot of the racism I think that existed for a very long time in the United States, and as a result, I've gotten involved with a couple of um, Black Lives Matter campaigns, Black Voters Matter campaigns, just because I think. Um, it's very important for me to be an ally just as a woman and a woman of color at that. Um, And, you know, just, I've grown up with racism my whole life, sadly. Um, And then I've, you know, seen microaggressions of it. I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I haven't experienced what some of my Black brothers and sisters have experienced um, in the ways of racism. And I just think it's really necessary for us to stand up together. I do think there's strength in numbers um, and united, we can do a lot more than divided.
1: Yeah. And I'll just add that it's you know, over the
2: summer, speaking as someone who is you know grown up in the U.S. Uh, and is part of the South Asian community, it's it's been a learning experience to recognize and learn about my own privilege as a mm-hmm. South Asian and recognizing the duty that we have to movements like the Black Lives Matter movement.
1: Um, so yeah, that's it's amazing to see the work that you're, you've been you've been doing with that. Thank you, thank
2: you so much,
1: Manisha. Thank you. A million times. (laughs) Um, I also heard you might be willing to stick around for another episode and answer some listener questions.
2: I would love to. I would love to. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right well that's all we have time for today thank you so much everyone for listening to ship talking on 97.9 the hill if you haven't already subscribed to us we are on apple Podcasts. you can listen to us every week super easily give us five stars in a review if so inclined because that helps more people listening to the show we'll catch you next week thank you so much bye-bye
0: You've been listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine on 97.9 The Hill. For more episodes, visit the On Demand page of our website, chapelborough.com.